Welcome back to the Dealmakers Podcast Show with serial entrepreneur Alejandro Cremades, best-selling author of The Art of Startup Fundraising and co-founder at Panthera Advisors. In this podcast, we ask our guests about their successful acquisitions and financing rounds. Hey guys, so just a quick overview here on Panthera Advisors as I think it might be of value to you. So Panthera Advisors exist in order to help founders that are in the process of raising capital or get their company acquired. I actually started the company out of incredible frustration because during my entrepreneurial journey, which involved building, financing, scaling, and exiting companies, I could not find a resource that was founder friendly and I could not get the type of support that I was seeking. So as a result, I made a ton of mistakes along the way. So if you're looking to raise capital or you are looking to get your company acquired or just need some sound financial planning and you're looking to get the best possible outcome in the shortest period of time, feel free to learn more by visiting us at PantheraAdvisors.com or just reach out directly and shoot me a note at Alejandro at PantheraAdvisors.com. All righty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dealmaker Show. So today, very exciting founder. We're going to be learning quite a bit about building and scaling companies in Asia, in India, in Korea. I mean, you name it. So I guess without further ado, Charlie Lee, welcome to the show. Hi, Alejandro. Thanks for having me today. I'm more than happy and excited to join your show today. So, Charlie, you are uh, originally from South Korea, uh, born and raised there. So how was, how was life growing up in South Korea? Uh, it's quite good, uh, but actually I spent my almost you know, half time in India and half time in Korea. So um, in Indian side, my Indian friends call me half Indian. Korean side, they call me half Korean. So, <laughs> so you got a little bit of, of both worlds. Uh, I guess say, how, how did you really develop the love for, for economics then? Because you studied economics. I mean, what, 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 what got you into numbers and economy and, and maybe business? I mean, what was that? You know, actually, uh, after my graduation uh, college and then I studied in the, the U.S., the, the master, I found out, yeah. like, you know, the uh, global business is actually, I studied uh, international economics, actually, from the college. Uh, so I found out the global business is the kind of uh, the thing I really want to get in because, you know, Korea is a lovely country, good country. But uh, in terms of economy, actually, it's a small economy country. So, and uh, DNA-wise, I, I believe that the Koreans, they are, they, are, they are going out of the country and then they love to challenge. So, uh, after graduation, I just, you know, found out myself that, uh, okay, I'm going to be there. Uh, especially the Asian market, I really believe that the future of the, the, in, the economy is going to be there. So, that's what I came into. And you mentioned that you studied in the U.S., so you went to Chicago to do your MBA. Uh, so I guess, you know, because culture is obviously a, a very important topic uh, and, uh, you know, obviously the, the different cultures, you know, also make, you know, great companies. So I guess when you were in the U.S., you were exposed as well to the U.S. culture. You know, there's a lot of people, you know, that are going to be listening and watching from the U.S. What were some of the differences that, that you saw from perhaps the U.S. culture with maybe the culture that, that you were brought up in, in in Korea? What were some of the differences? The biggest thing, actually, I was very kind of a surprised and then I felt very different is that, you know, the states, the U.S. guys, actually, they are very, very uh, 
logical. And then uh, actually we are in Korea. We are very kind of uh, emotionally attached guys. So for example, like uh, in the family, if the son or daughter, they made something wrong, then actually the family parents, actually they are, they are the first thing they think is to protect them. But uh, in the States, actually, uh, uh, of course, the parents and then children relationship matters. But for them, uh, actually, more, more rational and the more reasonable approach for what they have done is the first thing. So uh, the first thing I feel like uh, U.S., the, it's like a Western culture. They are very into the logical approach and then the reasoning is the first thing they need to, they, they are, they are going to approach. But uh, in our culture, it's more like uh, in a personal relationship and then attachment kind of things are the a little bit more in you know, a priority. So that's the first thing I, I felt it. And obviously for you, I mean, graduating from Chicago really got you into the telecom sector. So so why why the telecom sector? Actually, uh, as I told you, like I wanted to find out my my place, personal place in the international global business. So when I joined the SK Wider, then the, that company actually uh, recruited me as a sales person for the global business. So uh, it's nothing to do with telecom sector, but more into the like a global business. So uh, I joined the SK Wider then, and then uh, I work as the head of Asia Pacific business in the company. So uh, yes, that's how my professional career started. And that was a nice segue into you starting your own business because it really took no time. I mean, basically in 2006 is when you got started with the company right after the uh, giving your notice. Uh, and here you started Access Mobile. So what was the, the, the process of incubating, you know, coming up with the idea of Access Mobile, incubating it and, and bringing it to life? Actually, I believe that when I joined the SK, the company, I believe that someday I'm going to start my own business because uh, I love to you know, challenge. I love to start uh, my own. So as I have had like around four or five years experience in SK, the, I found out that, uh, you know, this the telecom sector's value-added service has a very promising, you know, future. And then I have built up some good relationship with the, uh, Various telecom companies in Asia. So uh, together with some 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 members from the SK, I actually uh, asked them to join me, and then I started Access Mobile. So uh, it was quite kind of a natural path for me to take. So what were you guys doing with uh, Access Mobile? I mean, what was the business model? Uh, it, it was a, a B2B actually service. So we have provided the uh, color. Color tunes, like when you make a call, you listen to music. I think it's also the in the States, it's a service is there. One of the most successful balance services in telecommunication sector. And then the color tax service, emoticon SMS. Those kind of a value services we've been providing to uh, around 15 you know, telecom companies in Asia, in India, Indonesia, Philippines, Thailand. Uh, so that was the major actually service we've been providing. So during the journey of building this, because it was like about eight years, almost nine years, really the idea of a Balance Hero, which is, you know, right now you're a baby, right? It was a spin-off of this. Is It was literally born, you know, under this umbrella. So what was that process like of coming up with a concept, you know, under the umbrella of a different business? And what does that transition of like grabbing that concept or that baby from one umbrella and taking it out of that umbrella so that you can spin it off 
and really build it and scale it into something else on, on its own? Yeah, it's a very, uh, very good question. Uh, actually, you know, uh, Apple iPhone came into like around 2011 or something, right? So uh, when it came out, actually, the smartphone we see at the time, we saw that, uh, okay, I don't think it's going to be a big wait. You know, the feature phone is going to be there and the telecommunication guys, they are going to be still the ecosystems king or something. But uh, so that was wrong, actually. So uh, around 2013, I see like our business is slowly not growing anymore. And then telecommunication is not the king anymore. They are actually losing their power. So I found out that that's really happening. And then the another thing is that, you know, B2C service before, it was very hard to do it because it requires a lot of money for marketing to acquire users. But thanks for the smartphone and then thanks for the whole ecosystem change, venture capital companies coming. So it's not, it's not hard to acquire the money. So, uh, and then the thanks for Google and Apple, the platform is just very, uh, very simple. Once you make the Google application, especially in India, Google application, Google is like around 99% market share. So once you make the Google Android applications, you can just, you know, easily provide a B2C service and then you can get easily get the money from various venture capital companies. So I think, okay, uh, now actually it's a time to get into the B2C because there's, uh, I don't need any more. Before actually I need the telecom to touch, you know, the users, but now I can, thanks for Google and Apple. So I found, I made a decision that Let's get into this application business uh, and then the B2C business. That's how actually we made a decision to start a new business in 2014. Okay. So then basically what was that process of, of you know, you leaving your baby because Access Mobile was your baby. I mean, you were at it for like nine years. I mean, you're still attached to it and you're a major shareholder, but, you know, I'm sure that the decision of shifting gears and the direction and the attention to something else you know, it was not an easy transition for you because it was also your first company. You become attached emotionally to, to your first business. So I guess what was that process for you to really see that this had that potential? And what was that transition that you had to make, you know, from a business and emotional and focused perspective so that you could go full, full on with Balance Hero? Actually, you know, so because, you know, uh, I also have some of my colleagues and founder members in Access Mobile. And then it was a kind of a unilateral decision that, uh, you know, this B2B business for telecommunication, this service cannot grow any longer. We wanted to build a big business. So all the members in the, the founding members of the Access Mobile, we actually agree to, uh, because we got some money. Actually, we made quite some good money at the time. So we made, we agreed that to uh, start uh, several ventures, the startup companies to provide application business. So actually, at the time, we made uh, four task force teams in Access Mobile to start the venture, the, the, the startup. So one is about the uh, gaming company, one is the e-commerce company, one is this company, Balanciero, one is uh, the, another kind of a gift con kind of commerce company. So we made uh, like uh, five, six months, you know, uh, research and analysis. And then uh, by the end of the day, actually in 2014, 15, we spin off the older companies. So on the Access Mobile umbrella, we spin up four companies. This balance unit is one of that company. So we all agreed to start the application B2C business because we saw that the big change and the big ecosystem revolution is happening. 
So uh, that was a kind of a very natural, actually, uh, decision we made. So then in this case, what ended up being the business model of balance here? Uh, this is one of the, the four services, as I just you know, explained. And then I strongly believe that uh, you know, uh, when I see the, the new business, I have a very simple three categories, criteria to, to make a call. First one is how big the market size. Second one is how fast the market is growing. Third one is how mature the market is. From this three point of, point of view, it is very, very clear that India is the market. One of the biggest market, especially from the smartphone point of view, and then one of the fastest growth, fastest growing market, especially smartphone point of view, one of the most not mature market at the time, especially uh, India. So from these three categories, India was the perfect place. I was just five minutes. It takes five minutes to decide the market because we like initially compared to Indonesia, Vietnam, or maybe India. But uh, it takes just you know five minutes to make a call from the business item. The, the category point of view, it took almost five or six months. We took a lot of uh, user research and then we took a lot of uh, uh, the market analysis. And then we figured that in India, uh, we found out the, the finance issues, especially the, we call it last mile issue of the finance is very serious. Most people transact in cash so that actually they cannot enjoy the digital finance, especially digital lending. So we believe that finance market is big. And then the, the issue and the problem of finance in India is very serious. So we made a decision to get into this fintech domain. So then basically, like when you make this decision, I mean, obviously, it's a different market. You know, we're talking about India. You know, you are originally from, from South Korea. Uh, and obviously, there's probably some clashes there on the cultural side, you know, between India and, and, and Korean, you know, perspectives. So I guess... You know, now, now how many employees do you guys have? And, you know, I'm sure that there's a lot of people from India, a lot of uh, South Korea. So how do you guys really address, you know, those potential clashing that happens from, from a cultural perspective? Now we have around 200 people, like 120, 30 in India, 60, 70 in Korea. So uh, like in India, we have more people uh, because our business yeah. is happening in India. So development of data science and data analysis kind of things are in India. Most of the development, most of the operation is happening in India. Of course, you know, when I started this Balance Euro, I already had an experience in Access Mobile. We had a branch in, in India. But when I started Access Mobile first, actually, uh, it was very, actually, different. You know, even though we are the same, you know, Asian umbrella, but uh, I figured that India is more into the Western side from uh, Korea's point of view. Korea is more into the very East Asian country. China, India, okay. Japan, those three countries are a little bit similar. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was very challenging, actually. Um, one example is, like, when we discuss something, you know, in Korea, uh, we are not actually that active and very expressive to discuss in the official meeting. So uh, when I raise some agenda, uh, I need to do something to, to get some ideas from them. It's not coming easily. But in India... Many people are very, very active in, in expressing themselves and then raise their hand and then uh, voice up. But uh, the thing is that, you know, Korean people, they are like, uh, they are really um, trying to keep it up. And then they are trying to keep it, make it happen. 
But India people like more into the like they they want to uh, make a promise and then they just want to prove that they can do it. But the actual the the, the performance and the result is a little bit different. So uh, that kind of a the big you know actually culture difference is there. So uh, we what we have done is that actually we made a several actually session in each country to Indian side. We explain the Korean culture and the history to the Korean side. We experience Indian culture and history, so that actually they can understand more. And then one more thing is that almost like uh, you know half of the Korean guys actually they uh, they are in India, so we try to invite these Korean guys into the India because we are doing business in India. So many actually Koreans coming to India and then they work together with Indian guys. So uh, that's the way actually we try to solve the the cultural difference and then you know working difference thing. Got it. And how much capital have you guys raised today, Charlie? Uh, we have uh, had uh, like around the uh, six rounds of uh, funding from 2014. We founded, and then uh, up to around like 90 million US dollars equity funding we raised from the SoftBank Asia, and then Naval in Korea, and then the ICICI Bank in in India. So various Korean, Indian, and Japanese investors we raised. And what is it like as well from a, a investor perspective, like pitching investors from different cultures too? I mean, is it is it varying a little bit more like the way that you pitch, you know, the way that you receive questions or the way that they're interpreting your business or or what can, What was your experience like pitching investors from different countries? Maybe also you are the the founder, so maybe you understand the, you know, the one of the biggest challenges to raise funds, especially yeah. we have had like around six rounds of the funding. Uh, so, but uh, basically, as you know very well, actually, uh, it's basically to sell our dream, right? Uh, to sell our potential and dream, the story. So uh, our company's mission is uh, finance for all. We are trying to provide very, actually, we have very bold mission. We are trying to provide the finance, digital finance to 1 billion Indian people who are absolutely now out of the, the financial, digital financial ecosystem. The most you know, challenging thing is to, to sell this dream, sell this mission to the, the, the investors. So basically, uh, you know, they luckily and then fortunately, they actually bought the idea and the mission of our service. And then that's the most challenging thing. Of course, in the Indian side, they know India more. Uh, maybe Korea and in Japan, they don't know well. So that's a kind of a little bit difference is there. But Basically, what we are trying to solve is the last mile issue of the 1 billion Indian people. And then uh, that thing is very bold, but uh, that thing is also very big. So uh, to persuade, to deliver that kind of a vision and dream of us, ours, was the most challenging thing. Yeah, no, I can imagine. And I guess, uh, you know, also for you guys now, I mean, COVID is, is hitting big time India. I mean, now, you know, there's like over 400,000 people infected, you know, on a daily basis. I mean, it's, it's, it's unreal. I mean, how has it been the COVID situation for you guys? And, and how are you able to also do damage control to avoid, you know, the impact on the, on the growth and the operations? Yeah, actually, uh, we were hit by COVID last year. And then this is kind of a second pandemic we call. We Indians, actually, yeah. we call this is second pandemic. And then this time is actually from this COVID itself point of view, it's more serious. 
Last year, it was like a kid was like around 100,000 per day or something. But now it's like a 400,000. But I think, you know, it's going to be more. Just, you know, officially it's 400,000. So from the COVID situation-wise, also my, my employees, um, a lot of people were actually, they, they, they confirmed positive. So from the COVID-19 point of view, it's more serious. But uh, from the economy point of view, I think, you know, this is uh, because we learned a lot from last year. So uh, many, actually, many, many people, not just in our organization, but also from the economy and then from the government point of view, uh, they don't see this. Uh, this is a very big, actually, uh, impact on the economy. So the peak time is actually is passing. Now, uh, it gradually, it's just decreasing the COVID numbers. Uh, and then the, you know, from the economic point of view, um, people's mentality, mentality is very important for the economy, as you know very well. And the government's, you know, approach, many things are different. So I believe that last year, it was like a very painful, like a, more, more than nine months, it was a hit, and then it was very seriously yeah. impacted uh, for the economy. But I think maybe two, three months, uh, we're going to have a hard time. But after then, from the economic point of view, it's going to be better. Well, hopefully, you know, at the end of the day, it's like everything, you know, all we got is the future. So we got to be optimistic. And I think that as entrepreneurs, we, we are always optimistic, which is a good thing. So I guess, you know, one of the questions, Charlie, that I wanted to ask you here is, imagine if you were going to sleep tonight and you wake up in a world where, you know, it's five years later, the vision of, of Balance Hero is, a, is fully realized. What does that world look like? Yes, that's the that's the kind of uh, things that that is uh, moving our heart. We our mission vision, as I told you, we are we want to provide the finance for all. So imagine that um, you know in India, like more almost five hundred million people have a smartphone, but most of them actually they cannot get the loan. Even they cannot use the, the, the banking service in the, over the smartphone. They just use a smartphone for Facebook, casual games, WhatsApp. So imagine that those people who have the smartphone, they, even though they don't have bank account, even though they don't have any credit record, they can fully enjoy the online payment and then they can even get the loan. And then they can change their economic life dramatically. So that kind of uh, uh, actually vision we have and then we are trying hard to to achieve that. So thanks for our service. If many people are changing their financial life to get better, I think, you know, that's going to be the, 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 the thing actually uh, we are dreaming. So internally, we are talking about like, you know, let's make the India economy GDP 0.5% more from our service. That's our service goal. So it's very bold, but um, I think, you know, if the, that world is coming, I believe that our service, thanks for our service, India's GDP is growing every year, like 0.5%. So that's the kind of the dream we are, we, are, we are making. And obviously, you know, the, the, the Indian market is massive. Um, there's probably a lot of entrepreneurs that are right now listening to us and, and maybe in the U.S. and thinking about doing an expansion to India. Uh, what 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 piece of advice would you have for them? I mean, what what have been your maybe like your three biggest lessons that they could use themselves for their own uh, strategic roadmap? Okay, maybe I will try to think about three, but uh, definitely I can come up with one. 
you know, I want to call myself as an Indian ambassador. You know, actually, uh, many actually my friends also ask me, like, even Indian friends ask me, why are you doing the business in India? Or what's the future of the India? So uh, I want to put this way. You know, many many people, were, we already have experienced China, right? It's like a trend from 20 years back. Chinese growth has started. Uh, now it's, uh, it's a little bit slow. But many people talk about like, you know, what's the next you know, world economy engine? So they talk about maybe India, but uh, there are so many challenges and hurdles and India is far behind the China. So we don't know. But think about China 20 years back. I think, you know, India is in that uh, the, the, the time, especially after, you know, Prime Minister Modi, you know, got the power like uh, seven, eight years ago. I think you know, he has made a lot of change in India, especially from the economic point of view. He has made a lot of reforms. So from the, the market economy point of view, uh, many things have improved. So uh, I think it's, it's time that the okay. eco- Indians' economy is coming up, and then they are going to be the next engine for the world economy. That's for sure. So still we have many challenges. But uh, as, as Chinese you know, economy has, has done for the last 20 years, I strongly believe that India has the market size. India has the finally the foundation of the, the, the economy, industry. And then they have the, the mindset and then all the legal regulation, you know, set up. So I strongly believe. And then India is a democratic country. That's another very big, actually, advantage. So I, I strongly believe that India is now ready to move. Many, actually, Indian people describe India as a, like, you know, elephant. You know, elephant is, it takes time for elephant to run. But once it starts to learn, there will, there will be nothing to stop it. But, uh, you know, actually, it took a long time to, for this elephant to run. But finally, I think it's kind of a time that this big elephant is working very fast. So sooner or later, we are going to run. So once we start to run, I think, you know, nobody will stop it. So that time is now. So anyone who is interested in this, you know, uh, the overseas global business, I think, you know, definitely India is the first market you need to think of. Uh, and then the, I really want, and the India is like, uh, is open to the global economy. And then the, from this, you know, regulation and then all the market competition point of view, it's, it's quite fair. So I think, you know, India is the best market for the, the, the outsiders, foreigners. So uh, I can put like uh, India is the first market you need to think of when you think of this global business. That's the first thing definitely I can, I can claim. Got it. So, so imagine now that I put you into a time machine. I put you into a time machine and I'm able to transport you back to the time where you were actually, you know, maybe like still in, in, your, in, in the corporate world. You were still, you know, an employee and you were thinking about launching, you know, maybe like your first business. If you had the opportunity of going back in time and having a chat with that younger Charlie and give that younger Charlie one piece of business advice for launching a company, what would that be and why, given what you know now? Mm. <laughs> it's like around uh, almost uh, 16, 17 years ago. Uh, actually, uh, at the time, you know, that's why actually I started my own company at that age. 
I was very uh, fearless, and then the, I was overconfident, and then the, let me say like you know I believe that I can do anything. I it's just a matter of my decision. <laughs> it's yeah. that kind of time. So I believe that uh, there's nothing I cannot do. So uh, maybe of course you know that was the kind of the power that pushed me and then that uh, made me some success in the the, the business. But uh, if I have a chance to go back to me 15, 16 years ago, I can like advise my myself that uh, Charlie, uh, it's okay not to make a success. It's okay not to be that confident. Just, you know, go, go through it. And then the, you learn from it. Because, you know, um, one good side is that I was very confident and then I, uh, I was feeling that uh, I can I can push something forward, but uh, the bad thing, bad side is that I couldn't learn more than I could. So uh, I think you know, I really wanted to have a chance to learn more quickly, more early uh, than now. So maybe one advice, maybe I will give myself 15 years ago. Me is gonna be that um, you can you can you can fail and then. You don't have to be that confident, and then you are ready to learn from your failure, whatever you are you you are not capable of. So that's the kind of advice I can I can give myself. It's very interesting. I love that. <laughs> I mean, as they, as they say, you know, there's no success without failures, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So I guess, hey, Charlie, for the people that are listening, what is the best way for them to reach out and say hi? You can actually, uh, you can find me easily in LinkedIn and Facebook. So uh, you can actually chat me over there. Then uh, mostly actually, uh, my LinkedIn actually, uh, I, I manage it together with my uh, company PR team. But uh, I'm going to try to uh, reach out almost every message I, I'm getting. So Facebook and LinkedIn is the best way. Amazing. Well, Charlie, thank you so much for being on the Dealmaker Show today. Thank you. I really appreciate for having me today, Alejandro. If you like the show, make sure that you hit that subscribe button. If you could leave a review as well, that would be fantastic. And if you got any value, either from this episode or from the show itself, share it with a friend. Perhaps they also appreciate it. So also remember that if you need any help, whether it is with your fundraising efforts or with selling your business, you can reach me at alejandro at pantheraadvisors.com. You've reached the end of another episode of the Dealmakers podcast. For free resources and materials, head over to alejandrocremades.com. Thank you for listening and see you at the next episode.